I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Have you ever watched an apocalyptic sci-fi movie and wondered, could any of this really happen? I'm Carrie Bechet, and on Hypothetical, we explore what-if questions two ways, through speculative science fiction and through insight from the world's most brilliant scientists. And spoiler alert, your favorite sci-fi movies aren't nearly as far-fetched as you may think. Time travel with me into our possible futures on Hypothetical. New episodes every Tuesday available on all podcast apps. That's Hypothetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L. Welcome to Scam Wow. I'm your host, Caitlin Brodnick. I love you and I love scams. Um, guys, today is the second part of our episode we released last week about Frank Abagnale, who was the Catch Me If You Can scam man and has gone on to be a public speaker, to travel the world, to talk about all of his incredible journey and experiences and all of his opinions on how to be a good guy, con man. And then also we have an amazing guest, Molly Thomas, who's a comedian uh, we met through UCB. She writes comedy. She improvises. She's so amazing. She and I continue to talk about his cons and scams. And what's coming out now is most of them, almost all of them are unfounded and not true. And he made the, a lot of it up. So if you haven't heard that episode, listen to it before this one to get all of the context because we reference a ton of everything that was happening. We had to break it into two episodes because the episode did completely change for Molly and I. We felt that while we were recording in the middle of it, another discussion came up and a trigger warning for anybody who is sensitive to this. We talk about basically the lack of Me Too movement and the lack of awareness that anyone had about how men were treating women at that time in the 70s and 60s people being extremely sexually explicit with women. So this is actually still on the same topic. We're still, Frank Abagnale is still the subject. So that's why I say listen to 
episode one, part one of this. Um, but we talk about really what that meant for all of these women at that time. And Molly and I share very personal stories. And so if you've had any of this experience, we are here for you. We support you. This might be also triggering. Sometimes I don't want to re-listen to somebody else's experience if I felt something similar. So no pressure. I adore you all. Thank you for being incredible listeners. Thank you to the amazing men who support and love this podcast and women and all of you. So we love you so much. I hope you enjoy it. And Molly is my favorite person to talk about the most disturbing thing with. This is supposed to be a comedy podcast, but when you sometimes you just can't shy away from the reality that's facing you so strongly. So I hope you guys enjoy. Always reach out to us. Scamwell Podcast on Gmail, Scamwell Podcast on Insta, Twitter. Um, you can probably find my cell phone number. We're here for you. I love you all. Enjoy. I think there's so much that people get away with and scammers get away with, with people just other people, strangers or their victims, just being nice, just thinking the best out of people, just trying to share just the things that you learn in kindergarten. And these con artists are sociopaths. And also that part of fear, like the fear is generating, as you're saying, like everything, not just his smelly ass, but like generating (laughs) how he's going to get the next, you know, donut like how he's going to feed himself how he's going to live how he's going to get to the next con that fear then makes him very malleable the fear makes him change um and adjust everything for the johnny carson show like it keeps him on his toes so he's never really rested he still must be now has has he come out about anything since this book was released or anything recently no, he'll, I, I don't think he ever will. He just keeps changing the story. Right, it's all his memory. There's no like, there's no documentation of this. He's just like, remember when I did this? Oh, I, I, I must have made that mistake. It was this year. Well, his book has very few dates and specific details. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, it's it's this kind of glossy, quick, and then yeah. I did this and this and this. So he'll go into detail about like how to forge a check, but... Um, okay. <laughs> amazing he's like i don't know the dates per se right the 7th the 8th 2019 whatever but this is how you forge a check here's what a check looks like that's so funny here's right. how you erase the number and put it into your bank account right and it's wow. not even that detailed it's like and and the book talks the alan logan book talks a lot about how shitty his checks were and how obvious mm. they were uh he did float 10 bad Pan Am checks totaling $1,500. So he he inflated Mm -hmm. that to 2.5 million, but it was $1,500. Okay. And he did, I think he went to jail for forgery. So that was like really his bread and butter from the beginning. Uh, You know what? His forgeries were not good, according Mm -hmm, according mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. the new book. Or what he thought. He thought they were great. I, I think he did a couple of times he would steal checks from the back of somebody else's checkbook. And then okay. he would just write checks. Okay. With somebody else's Right. He did that a couple of times. Just shit like that. That's like just shitty. I, just gross, just gross stuff. Yeah. So there are all these things that this person's doing, just sort of like obvious, like immature, childish, really like he peaked in his brain at 16 and just kept going, like just kept lying, just kept stealing. But what we can't really, I don't even know where to continue the conversation is that it's becoming very clear he 
harmed many women. Like it's like yes. I could we could keep like it's so distracting. Like we could talk about any of the Pan Am things good about like lying, but like the fact that he duped these women, the fact that he's proud that he has private quarters with women, the fact that he's bragging about touching their bodies with no one aware. There's just like that's where you just can't even continue the discussion. Like there's nothing Right. There's nothing charming about that. No. No. Yeah, there's nothing interesting. It just ends there. Yeah. Yeah. For me yeah. too. Um they uh, Mark Zinder is interviewed in The Greatest Hoax on Earth, which is the Alan Logan book, uh a number of times and Mark Zinder saw Frank Abagnale speak when Mark was in college and then brought him to his college and then Oof. ended up managing him and and getting him on all of these speaking gigs for like mm-hmm. two years for a very short amount of time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he talks about he would get him these like lucrative gigs but he insisted that mark come with him on these college gigs or these speaking gigs he insisted that they shared a room with two beds and then if he was going to bring a woman over he would just say z and that was the code that Mark Zinder had to leave the room so that Frank could have a woman come in. Why can't he have his own room then? Why is he like, tell? that's weird. Well, it's like something about dominating him or being yeah. like being the boss, all of this stuff. And he said there was one night he, he kicked him out three different times for three different women to come over. <gasps> yeah. and, and he says like, I don't know what happened. I was not in the room, but I can tell you I was in the room. And then he kicked me out. For a woman to come over. And that happened yeah. over and over and over. Oh, this smelly, smelly man. I love smart people, but this isn't a smart person. This is just like a disgusting person. Right. <laughs> a real disgusting person. Because there's like, there's an interest to me in being artistic. Like that, like forging a pilot's like decal is not a good thing to do. But I'm like, wow, that artist must have been really talented. Like, I just think it's so fascinating. I think it's fascinating, like, you know, figuring out how to get the best of something or the the amount of like brain work behind these things but then when it mm-hmm. comes into the creepiness and sexual assault it's like come on like that you you just you plainly have victims and for him to say for him to brag about all of this stuff that he did and say and there were never any victims he had no concept right. that he was victimizing women sexually <laughs> like he's bragging about these women in his book saying and there were no victims cuz he doesn't believe right. that sexually I don't want to say extorting or like sexually harassing or whatever he was doing made them victims. That's also insane. Right. Well, and and all the men he was lying to, too, like to say, if I didn't steal money from them, then it wasn't a crime. Right. right? But it's like if you if you lied to somebody and you broke their trust and you tricked this woman, oh, they fed him, they housed him, they everything. Right. Right. Yeah. They got him out of jail. Yeah. Just all of this stuff. It's just, yeah, it's really. So one of my, one of my big questions about it too was like, wait a minute, Steven Spielberg, like Amblin yeah. Entertainment, like these guys must have, how did they not know? How did, they must have done their research. They must have, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So they must have is the yeah. thing that makes it really slimy. So. It's like, yeah. oh no, they knew. They knew, but it does make a really good story. And at the beginning of the movie, it says inspired by true events. It doesn't mm-hmm. say the story is true, but it's still so mm-hmm. slimy. And then there's an interview with Spielberg when the movie came out where he says that when he was 16, he dressed up in a suit and went on to the Warner Brothers lot and said, 
or Universal Studios. One of them. It's fine. He went onto the lot. He said that he was a director. He put a fake sign on a door and like started meeting with producers and directors and whatever. And so in 2002, he says this in an interview. And then it's like, oh, they're the same. They both did it. Apparently in, in the 1960s, you could just wear a suit if you're a white dude and say yeah, that you're anything. That privilege is incredible. But then that story on Snopes, that story is debunked. Like, so that's a story he's talked <gasps> about. So Steven Spielberg's story is fake? Yeah, he kind of did the same thing, according Ooh, to okay, okay, according okay. to Snopes.com, which is mm-hmm. that's when I really start feeling slimy. It's like, oh no, everybody yeah. is just well, they're all a part of this fabrication. I mean, like the, at yeah. the end of the day, like Spielberg wants to create this, you know, this moment, this glimmer. They're they're all storytellers, right? It actually like weirdly doesn't surprise me so fucking annoying it's like people talk about the american dream they say like you can get what you want if you work at it no you a lot of times you can get what you want if you appear to be incredibly confident and in a position of power already and you can get other people in a position of power it's just like so much lying and so yeah i i can totally see that they're like "Eh, it's fine we'll just say it was inspired by and at the time even like when did catch me if you can come out 2002 yeah, anything before the Me Too, women are still being treated horribly. I mean, like, there's still this, like, extreme undercurrent of, oh my God, I remember, like, improv classes at, like, 2006, and it was, like, it's very new and very fresh and very trendy to care about women's bodies right now, <laughs> because it was not. It, it, it during, right. In 02, it wasn't, it wasn't in the thing right there. There were no, nobody being, like, no one's feet held to the fire, like nobody actually being like put in, made responsible for their like, for uncomfortable and sexual situations that they put women in. Well, and in the movie and in the book too, it's always like these ready, willing and able. Oh, yeah. These women who want, like, it's a good time and these women want to have a good time. And that's Mm -hmm. it. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. And they all look the same. And it's that like perfect. It's that idea of like that, like America was so great or so nostalgic. And it was really at that time was that women were just holding these deep secrets for years and they're coming out with it now. Like that, that stewardess is finally saying, like, I was so uncomfortable. I was being stalked and she's telling about it in the news now when at the time it is all told also from his perspective he's like these women are because they're sociopaths are like oh these women loved me they were eating it up they thought i was so cool and so sexy no they were lying to your face like they were faking orgasms they were doing like whatever they do to kind of make you placated so they could leave the room quickly like Sure, right. you thought you were some big smart guy. Like, sure, you thought you were so clever because women were smarter than you and making you feel pretty great and then <laughs> running away and telling everyone, don't trust that psycho. Right. Like, the, the, what's so nuts is that all of this and all the years before is that nobody counted how much work women were doing behind the scenes to either protect themselves, to get out of these situations mm. or to warn each other from these situations. And like, yeah, like those movies, they just, they shoot these, even, um, I didn't watch Wolf of Wall Street, but there's that like picture of like Margot Robbie with like her heel up on Leonardo DiCaprio's face. And it's like something romantic. I don't know. And it it was that same sort of image of like the short skirt blonde in Catch Me If You Can and just like this like plethora of women into it. And there's so much of that time of like literally women just like faking 
and lying and covering up shit so that they don't lose their jobs so they can pay right. for their livelihood. Like there's so much panic and fear on their side that of course these men thought they were so smart because the women let them. Yeah. Well, yeah. and there's so much like when in the Paula Park story about like, I thought that telling him that I was going to my parents' place would like, yeah. would get rid of him or like, I thought he would, okay, I thought he would drive me there. I would make it very clear all along the drive that I was not interested in him. And then he would go home and he just didn't care. Mm-mm. And also he's telling his own narrative. Like he's like, she's so into me. So then in his book, he's writing about how this stewardess fell in love with him. And that wasn't actually what was happening. All these people are saying, are telling themselves like, God, I'm so good at this. That's also what's so bonkers is like, and also not surprising, just for years, so many men had this inner dialogue that was never questioned. (laughs) They just kept going. They're just like, wow, I'm really hot. And everyone's like, not quite, but, you know, I'll just be nice until you can leave. I'll give you, like she was saying, like her family gave Southern hospitality Mm -hmm. to just hope kindly this person would leave them alone. And then he's stealing from her little brother and stuff. Yeah. It's so weird. Well, and I've, I've had plenty of times in my life, like, especially when I was younger and dating people, I'm like, ah, okay, I'll just let them, whatever. Yeah. I'll just let them, I'll let them kiss me or I'll let them think mm-hmm. that they're charming or whatever. And then I'll leave and then it'll be done with mm-hmm. just so many times that it's yes. like. Yes. It's so common. Even something so simple of like that joke of, like you just you see somebody going through so much trouble and you're like, all right, it's fine. Like I'll just sleep. Right. I was actually assaulted. It was like I was like, okay, they're gonna stop. All right, they're gonna not be doing this anymore. Okay, like I've made it clear. I've already said. And then it right. like never stopped. And I I did get him in so much trouble though, and sent him to like judicial affairs in my college. And he, the police came and he got into a lot of trouble. And uh, yeah. but the whole time he was like, I thought it was great. Like that that was the thing too. Is that like this was like a a weird person that thought me saying like please leave was like a foreplay or something it's like baby it's cold outside right yeah just like like literally being like leave my apartment (laughs) yeah right right yeah so i don't know i don't know like yeah maybe this is i don't want to be so dark but it's so true there's so much of this i i have an appreciation for creativity and yeah thriftiness and you know double triple thinking and finding the best way in a situation but then there's just such so much of that that we hear of right now, specifically of like the times in the 70s and 80s, like so much of that, I really think were these people lying to themselves. <laughs> it wasn't as great as they had assumed. It wasn't, they were just really taking advantage of people. Yeah. Yeah. That's certainly what he was doing. He was just taking advantage. And then he's telling, and he's on Google, like, guys, look how good I took advantage of these people. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. Look how good I did. Yeah. Oh, look how look how good I did. But now, but now I work for the FBI, and he does not work for the FBI. Like the the audacity to go and and say that you work for the FBI. He also does this thing at the very beginning of the Google talk. He says, like, if you'll excuse me, it's allergy season. So if I get tripped up, you know, my allergies are whatever. So he says it's allergy season. And then the other thing he says is, which I guess he's been saying for 40 years is, I don't often talk about my life. Mm. But for, for these past 40 years, I don't often talk about my life just on Johnny Carson. <laughs> 
Yeah, right. He So that's that's how he starts all the time. It's like, I don't often talk about my life, but Google asked me to come on and do something different. So he poses like he's a, like a cyber security. It's his first time. Underdog. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wow. He's got the whole lingo down. He has it totally down. He, I mean, he has studied how to manipulate people. Absolutely. And how to influence them. Absolutely. And how to look like pathetic and then a hero. Like he's, it's incredible. It's very, it's very studied and that is skillful. Yeah. Uh, but the sex part. <laughs> uh, you know, it, that's what's so great. It's like, there's a thing too of like, if you're a good storyteller, if you can spin a tale, it's interesting. It's, it's fascinating. Like, yeah, like it, there's no harm in that. But yet the bottom line is that there was so much harm that he considered not harmful. Right. Not a big right. deal. Right. Which is so right. insane. Yeah. Ugh. Like the more scams we do, the more upset I get sometimes <laughs> because I have an appreciation for scams. I love, like I was saying, I love artistry, but this stuff is so dark and icky. And that's, yeah, that's the part where I'm, drives me crazy. Yeah. It's, it's really icky. And then it's just on you. You're, you're, yes! you're like, you're thinking about this and then you can't help but see everything through that lens. And yes. well, yeah. it's, it's interesting. So I will say growing up, though, my mom was always like, men are disgusting. <laughs> like, just know, <laughs> bottom line, the basis of men are gross and disgusting. And you weed through that and you will start your view of life that way. And it was the best thing in the world. Like it was she, she helped me so much in life just to be like, yeah, their their first response is like the grossest response. Some men the few that aren't, that's really special. And that's how you can figure out like, oh, this is a guy I want to talk to a second time. But she's like, they're pretty disgusting and gross and stupid. Like, there's just like, she was just like, the barometer was wonderfully made so low. So I sort of went in with all this skepticism. And she was a beautiful blonde in the 70s and 80s. She yeah. was like super hot and everybody liked her. And she, I mean, for everything that she had to go through, she made sure to her best ability, I didn't have to go through any of that. And that that's the thing too, is that like all of these women that have had these experiences, I'm just hoping that, I think that's why our generation and has been more savvy and aware because women aren't shutting up about this. You know, like maybe right. two generations before, maybe 50s, you just kind of like held your breath and it I don't know. Or... I think you're giving us a lot of credit. Uh, I think you're saying we've moved on maybe a lot no, more than I... we have, or at least me. Like, I remember, I think I was given a, a pretty similar message uh, yeah. from my mom. Like, a lot of men are dirty, disgusting, stupid pigs. Yeah. But then that's why if if I would be with somebody and he was like that, it was like, oh, he's like that. He can't help it. Oh, Instead see, of being like, and so now I'm leaving. It yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. he can't help it. I'm so much smarter than he is. It's like, well, he's it's trying true, to push though. your, he's trying to push your head down. So you give him a blowjob. <laughs> it's probably time. It's probably time to leave. I think there's, I agree. And I think there's so much of being a woman where you're just like, wait, is this actually happening? Like, I remember yes. the first time that happened to me. He was like, can I have a blowjob? And I was like, what? Like, I was like, wait, you want, <laughs> it was like this weirdo guy. Not weird. I liked him, but it was like, what? And like, of course, everything happened to me in college because I was so nervous all throughout high school. But it was like two in the afternoon. I was like, you want that? Like, I just, it, could, it was like, there was nothing romantic, nothing happening, literally just like sitting together. And I remember there, I feel like there has to be so much of the women's experiences of like, 
is this actually happening? Absolutely. Like, it happens is this so ab- many times. Me yeah. too. I'm, so often. I was going to go with this guy and he like took off all of his clothes and got on me. And I was like, wait, do you have a condom? Like, and he was like, ugh, so annoyed. So then he goes and puts on a condom. And I was like, wait, I don't want to have sex with you. Like, I was like, no, I was a virgin. I thought we were just going to make out. And I said like, no, I don't want to have sex with you. And that was like a big like thing at that moment because he's naked on top of me, had put the condom on, like ready to jump on me. And I was like, uh, I don't want to do this. Like, my first thought was just like, I can't believe you tried to have sex with me without a condom. Like, and I'm a virgin. Like, I was just like so confused. And then the second thing was like, oh, wait, I don't actually want to do this. He got so angry. He like stomped around, called his friends, said I was like a high school baby, like was such a dick to me. And I was like, I just don't, I'm not having sex like this. Like, I'm not losing my virginity to somebody who can't even remember, like, who just literally walked into my dorm and was like, let's bone. I, I just, it was so oh. blown away. And then, of course, like, I talked about it to all my friends and everybody realized he was a creep. And the whole theater department was like, fuck that guy because I can't keep my mouth shut. Like, I will tell <laughs> if you are a creep. But I just remember that thing of, like, there had to be so many of these moments, too. And that throughout life where women are just like, is this happening? Yes. Why? Oh, I, when I first moved to the city, I'd been here about a year and a friend of mine from Michigan who I'd acted with said, when you go to the city, I'm going to introduce you to, he said his friend's name and I'll be kind and not say it. And then we won't get sued. Yeah, I don't care. So he, he said, I'll introduce you to him and he's on a soap. Maybe he can get you some day player. Wait, is his name Jake? No. Okay, good. Cause I went to college with a guy named Jake who was on a soap and I was like, if that's the fucking guy. No, the, the other thing is this person is 20 years older than me. So 15 to 20 years older. So I, I really uh, liked and trusted the actor who was connecting me with him. He was significantly older than I was. Right. And, and so I just went into this situation. I like called him or emailed or whatever. And he was like, Hey, everybody from the cast or some of us are going out to this bar because somebody on the show is on dancing with the stars and so like you can come and and watch this with us and I was like great so I went and he was very gracious yeah and he bought me and he bought me a drink and we talked he introduced me to somebody else and I got a little drunk and it was really nice and then and then the show was over and I was like okay I'm gonna go and he was like well wait where are you going I'm like uh yeah I'm gonna go home and he was like oh I'll walk you out great because he was Grant's friend okay here we go and we're walking and I needed to go left to the train. We're in the Upper West Side. And then we'd like pass a stop. And I'm like, well, we're walking and talking. It's cool. And fortunately, I was like drunk enough that I was that I was like lucid. And I was just going you with the walk. flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's say I was like buzzed. Going whatever. on a walk. Yeah, I was like, great. We're just That's walking I mean. and talking. Yeah. And he's in the industry. And so cool. Of course. It's and interesting. so we turn right. And he lived in Connecticut with his wife and children. And so I knew that too. And so I was like, he's older. Uh, Grant's introducing me. He's married too. Yeah. Just like older guy, whatever. This is how naive I was. So we turn right. I go, where are we going? And he goes, we're going in here as a doorman opens a door and we walk inside a building. And I'm like, why? This is, this sounds so stupid, but I was like, why would a garage have a door? Cause I'm thinking he's going to his car to drive back to Connecticut. Yeah. No, you're so new. You don't know. Yeah. I was so new. And so trusting. So he goes, we're going in here. And we walk up and all of a sudden we're in his apartment. 
And I go, oh, I'm like, oh, I'm a theater actor. He's on TV. He wants to show off his apartment. So I barge right into this apartment. I'm like, all right. And I start going down the hallway and he goes, where are you going? And I said, I'm taking a tour. I was like, <laughs> good this, for you. I thought, if this guy wants to show off his wealth, cool. I don't know what, yeah, like, let's I've look never. At it. Do you have a washer dryer? <laughs> oh my God, do you? So I walk through and I come back and he's sitting on the couch, like with one little lamp on in the living room. And I sit down on a chair, like not near yeah. him. Yeah. And I'm just, and we're talking and a couple minutes passes. He offers me a drink. I say no. And then I'm like, okay well i'm gonna leave he's like <laughs> yeah. i'll walk you out he walks me to a cab he he hands 20 bucks in the the window as i get in the cab and as the door closes and the cab pulls away i realize he thought i was going to sleep with him yeah. <laughs> but i was like trusting enough and had two drinks yeah. in me and so it didn't even occur to me thank god that's great that's great. And that pressure didn't even build. But, I, but that's kind of great, though, Molly, because like, can you Total there's been situations? Yes, where the pressure does build. And there's that moment of like, when you are when you do know too much, and then you have those thoughts in your head, and then you feel guilty. And you're like, well, I did say I liked the apartment. Does that mean I want to sleep with you? Like, there's so many levels that like you start talking down yourself. And I'm so happy you were drunk, because then you could just <laughs> sort of have the ballsiness of being like, Peace, yes. you weirdo, which you don't yes. always feel that confident doing. And fortunately, know? he didn't feel very strongly about Great. making anything happen. And so I could, but it's just like, it, it was that, is this truly happening? And, yes. and, this, and it's just like, oh, this is how it happens. You trust somebody, you're just going with the flow, you're having fun, and then there you are. Yeah, and also all the pressure is on that woman the whole time so it's either like so he and like that guy is like creating sort of all these like booby traps and like waiting for you to either fall into it waiting for you to appease it waiting for you to like give up whatever reservations you had but like all of those situations of this guy being like so fabulous and smart and whining and dining in all of the situations the pressure was on the woman in all those times all of the situations that he's so proud of, that he's bragging about, the panties in the pocket, all of that puts the onus and the pressure on all of these women. Right. He wasn't that great. He just had a bunch of women who made him feel fine and placated him enough to get out of that situation. Right. He did nothing. Right. He's, 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 a, he's a nothing. He's a piece of shit. And it was really Truly. these women that... Because for him to then have these stories to brag that things went so smoothly. It was the artistry of these women surviving <laughs> to let it go real chill with the flow. For these, right. these are talented, smart, beautiful women who are like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just going to like slip out. You're so attractive. Let me put on some jazz music and then I'm going to escape out the back door. You don't even notice. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, have a couple more drinks. I'll tell you how smart and charming you are. And then I will never see you again. Mm. Mm -hmm. And that's how I'll get out of this alive. And that's what women are doing and have always done. Yeah. 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 Women are the heroes in this. Absolutely. And honestly, that's the book that I would love to read. It's like just I'd love to read any woman who ever yes. came in contact with this dude. It's like, cool. Well, here's actually what was going on with me then. And here's, yes. and here's my whole life. Like, so that, yes. so that that's not their story was the one time they interacted with him. But like, no, what happened? 
Oh my you. God, yeah. Well, I want to know about these women who were, at that time, in the 60s and 70s, you had an independent job as a stewardess. You weren't someone's wife then. You were young enough to be, probably your entire family wanted you to be married off and have kids by then or have a couple kids by then, you're exploring the world, doing things by yourself. Like mm-hmm. even nowadays, like at times, I when I did my speaking gigs, I traveled alone to Europe and Israel and was like, wow, I'm doing this shit by myself. And I felt very strong and brave and even nervous still because of like all sure. the risks. But can you imagine in the 60s when half the kidnappings you didn't even hear about. I mean, like, half the stuff was like the boys club. Like, it wasn't even mentioned. Right. You know, you can't tweet something. You can't live stream some horrible thing happening. Like, things, women were just taking it into their onus to just go and take care of themselves. That's that. Those are the true heroes and artists, you know, like Mm -hmm. the, the artistry of like just being able to make this idiot and all the men around them think, that everything was fine. It was the good old days as they, you know, like put a sleeping thing in his drink so they could escape the room, you know? (laughs) Yeah. 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 God, I love these women. Also, I will say, I've never heard of a woman in my entire life who hasn't had a creepy, disgusting situation happen to her. Oh, yeah. I've never had anyone say, it's never, ever happened to me. And if they have, then they're like, well, this one thing did happen and it ended up being pretty creepy, but they've sort of like had to write it in their brain to cope, you know? Oh, yeah. And multiple. Yeah. Oh, man. Multiple. Oh, multiple. 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 Yeah. Just creepy ass things. It's so funny. Like, so Lewis is watching this. Re- okay. We let him watch a lot of TV, like we were saying. <laughs> and he watches, we hate, I hate anything on YouTube because it's not at all helpful right but he likes these two idiot kids called nikki and vlad and they're russian but they live all over the world and they're worth billions of dollars and they do these like really stupid videos and i think he likes it because the mom plays with him and the mom is like oh hello no like the mom i think reminds him of me so i think he thinks it's like kind of funny so i know it's a little bit of a compliment but they have this stupid thing where they go like this is for girls this is for boys ew girls and they have this like real dumb old timey even though it was made this week uh impression of girls versus boys in like a bunch of their videos and alan and i were like lewis girls rule girls are and alan and i will stop the video and be like this is terrible girls are better than boys and <laughs> girls are amazing and really nice and lewis was like no mom and dad girls are gross boys rule and we we're like no 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 and so then we stopped the video and we were like lewis you know, mommy's a girl and uh, Connor's girlfriend, Ison's a girl and Gammy's a girl. This, that. And he goes, huh, you know what? I do like girls. Oh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Like, like okay. I just was like that thing of like, we are stopping media. We are stopping things. Like, we're not going to let this little like, you know, phrase fester at all. And he goes, and we're like, you know, Nikki and Vlad, they're wrong. Like sometimes they're wrong. If even though it's on TV and even they're talking about like they're wrong, they they must not know all the cool girls you know. And Lewis loves girls. He says, hey girl, like as much as he can. Like he <laughs> he wears a backpack with Sky and Liberty from the Paw Patrol. Like he is the ultimate girl fan. We are just like aggressively being like, oh, that's really stupid. And so Lewis is like, yeah, they don't know. They, they must not know any cool girls like that. They must yeah. be mistaken. You know, I, I just like that's how we're coping. It's just insidious. And it gets passed yeah, down yeah. in ways you don't even you don't even realize. No, no. And so I, we're very, very 
aggressive. Like he is, he, all of his, like anything he wants is like in pink. I'm like, let's get it in pink. Let's get it in purple. Let's do it. Let's make it girly. Let's celebrate it. So it's not. And like, I'm not extremely gender focused or put up a fuss or whatever, but I just, because I, I feel also I could like, you could go in the opposite direction and kind of like push it on your your kids really nervous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also they're just like, why we're all great. So if you're like, you're all great. They're like, was there an a different option like was I was I not supposed to be like you know I try to right I try to be really chill with it but if there's like a a pink option he loves pink I'm like let's go for it let's just be like not a big deal about it but I hate men (laughs) 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 oh bad dudes you can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything you might shop while working eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. The more I read, the more it felt like, oh, we're, are we adding fuel to the fire by even doing this podcast, which, which oh, you must feel yeah. right as you're talking about scammers. It's like, but now we're still talking about this guy. You know, though, I, I, yes, but at the same time, like, I hope that we have a lot of amazing male listeners. We have some incredible people, amazing listeners who've become guests, who've become close friends, like who are lovely people in my life. And my husband, my family members, like really cool ass people that listen. And I do think that it's worth with all of these scams. What we're talking about is like the human experience and the it's usually coping. So are these con artists trying to cope because they don't have enough money and they need to make more money? You know, is it, it what level is the scam? Are they coping 
or they trying to succeed in life because everyone thought they were stupid and they're going to show them how smart they are or whatever it is. But, you know, the victim of the scams and their coping strategy with this, I think is really important to talk about. And I, I think we're probably going to adjust this episode. So it probably talks more about the women because their skill set of being able to make this guy think he was such an expert was really their coping in this situation and them sort of playing into that scam of like, sure, you're going to think you're so cool and smart. I'm just going to do whatever we need to do then to get to the next, you know, port and get away and not have to see you again. And I think that is, I, I enjoy talking about scams because I think that it's, it's so much on how we try to survive as people. Like we want to, we don't want to get bamboozled by like extra shipping fees or we don't want to feel that like, this whole time, you know, there was a free program that our kids could go to school in, but we've been paying hand over fist because somebody told us this program. Like, we're, mm-hmm. we're all trying to navigate. And I think as human beings, we're aware that there are a lot of things out there to get us, like whatever yeah. it is, good, bad, like there's just a lot. And so I think that the fascination of avoiding it and trying to get out of scams and then hopefully in this episode, anyone listening can feel the the confidence of the strength that we have your back to say like, no, I'm not into that. (laughs) You know, I'm not really that comfortable. I don't really feel like it. Like your feelings of your self-worth aren't that important to me if you're a bad person. You know, like I I don't need to share. I don't need to be kind with the creep. Like I don't need to placate you and I don't need to co-sign your bullshit. And I think that's like a big part of not giving him more time. It's calling this person out and saying, what a fucking idiot this guy was. What a loser. And actually, that reminds me, there's a story about the camp. The women were were creeped out by him the whole time. They never bought yeah. it. The guys thought he was great. They thought Good. he was fun. And the women always found him creepy. And at one point, they finally decide, like, Ugh, let's send him a message that he's a creep. And they just dump a bucket of water on his head. That's it. And it's like people are sitting by the lake or the pool or whatever, and they dump yeah. a bucket of water on his head. He gets incensed. He reads them all out and he leaves the camp. That was the end of him at the camp. Of course. That's amazing. So that's what we're doing. We're dumping a bucket of cold water on his head. Well, yeah. <laughs> but it's also like, that's so crazy. This piece of shit, he didn't need anything but water. Right? Literally half his body is made out of water. Like <laughs> right? they're at a camp. I'm sure there's water everywhere. So all they did was put water on this fragile little bitch. Right. And he leaves the camp right. because his ego is so shattered. Yes. Because he's such a loser. Yes. Yeah. It, and that's pretty, de- yeah, that's pretty delicious. That's kind of amazing. <laughs> and that's the book I want to read. I want to read those campers. I want to see that story being like, because that's the thing too that happens a lot. And a lot of our listeners will be like, does anybody else think this is nuts? Like, is any, I, I, there's that like camaraderie with other people, with other women, with other listeners being like, isn't this bonkers? Like, why are we believing it? Like, why are we sort of sucking up to this or putting up with this when we should all say, get out of here? Right. And they did. And they I love that story. I <laughs> <laughs> forgotten. Oh, that's that's such a good story. I'm sorry if I bummed you out for this podcast. You did not bum me out at all. No, this is fantastic. I mean, I just love talking to you. I love so talking to you. <laughs> and babies. Because I try to think like what I can say to teach my son and like what, cause like we both have white boys and I'm like, how do I make it clear that like, there was just such a like perfectionism and preciousness with men of that time of like, he's mm. 
maybe maybe it was that women were holding them up like, oh, he's so delicate. You don't want to hurt his feelings. It's not, it's like, no, you can hurt his feelings. <laughs> yeah. He'll be fine and he'll cope with it and he'll move on. He'll be a comedian. Like, it's okay. <laughs> they don't have to get everything they want. <laughs> and then he'll, you know, assault people backstage. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hate people. Uh, I hate people. Uh, well, hopefully you're wonderful this was wonderful so are you this was where can all of our people find you stalk you healthy keeping a distance please do a healthy stalking don't show up when i get off on the flight please don't don't you dare but you can watch her on instagram anything she chooses to share that's (laughs) true Um, i'm on instagram you can look at my website and hopefully you'll see me on stage soon soon Yes, I'll link everything in the notes. Everybody can follow you, like you, appreciate you because you're brilliant. And you are a journalist and you are incredibly smart. And so I cannot thank you for this good work. Thank you so much. I'm going to take you are a journalist and I'm going to make a whole new website and I'm just going to list my all of my See? awards and accreditations as a journalist. Abbott Nail style. You yeah. Should. There you, you should. go. What's going to stop you? Also, what's so crazy is that, as you were saying, it was debunked and they're like, let's still make a movie. <laughs> like, obviously, what is going to stop you? Right. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, it's just a snowball. So I'm going to do that with journalism. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> Especially journalists. They don't check anything. Yeah, exactly. No. Oh, my God. Thank God Alan is because he's always like, Caitlin, that's fake. <laughs> he's constantly telling me, like, you're reading something that's not true. I was like, whoops. Whoopsies. Got duped again. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. This was so fun. I could talk forever. And um, yeah, this was lovely. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for riding this journey with us, which really surprised Molly and I. We were like, wow, this is what actually we really deeply feel we need to discuss. And I don't know how much we discussed it before on ScamWow. And this felt like exactly what we needed to do at this time. And I'm really happy we did. And I'm so grateful for Molly for being so generous, for sharing everything. Her crazy stories, life is insane. And I just love her to death. She's brilliant and she's so funny. So thank you guys so much. Again, we love you. We support you. Thank you to all of our amazing listeners. I do have an episode out on Patreon right now where I talk about sort of the uncomfortable side of scams and how sort of dealing with that, with trying to have fun and be lighthearted and appreciate the artistry, which I mentioned many times during this podcast, can get tainted with the reality. I love you guys and I'll see you next week. Bye. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.